God bless you. Welcome to Fruit of the Vine Ministries. My name is John Davison, and we are right dead smack in the middle of our series on the fruit of the Spirit out of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. Uh, we've invested, and we've invested four episodes at this point, breaking down the first four mentioned in Galatians chapter 5, which is love and joy and peace and patience. And so, if you've not had the opportunity to listen to the first four episodes of this broadcast, it really lays down a good foundation for us to build upon before you jump into this one. However, if you haven't listened to the others just yet, you're still going to be able to glean a lot. And we're going to unpack a lot today because we're discussing a topic that is really spread out all the way through the scriptures from the beginning to the end. Not that the other fruit of the Spirit are not, but this one in particular is an attribute, it's a characteristic, it's a fruit of the Spirit that we see mentioned over and over and over and over and over again throughout the lives of many different of the patriarchs, even through the life of Christ, and then it even pulls into the way that we engage one another as believers. So I'm really excited about this specific fruit. Remember, all of the fruits are, are a cluster. They're not an island unto themselves. And we discussed this in the previous episode when we talked about patience, that none of the fruit of the Spirit are ever intended to be by themselves if you're born again. So if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, if you've become born again, you were buried with him in baptism, you were raised with him in the newness of life, you've laid down your life as a living sacrifice, you've completely surrendered to Jesus as the King of kings and Lord of lords and made him your personal Savior, then look, you have the ability now through the Holy Spirit, which Jesus promised in John chapter 16, you have the ability through the Holy Spirit, through the power of God within you to produce good fruit. And that fruit comes from abiding in the vine, which Jesus is referring to himself as the vine in John chapter 15. He says, listen, I am the vine, you are the branches, anyone who remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit, for without me you could do nothing. In fact, that's the passage that the Lord gave me upon my heart many years ago concerning the name of this ministry, Fruit of the Vine Ministries. And so we want to produce good fruit, but I want to help you to understand what good fruit actually looks like and then how to produce that by walking in the Spirit, walking in the Holy Ghost in partnership. Now, in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, it tells us this, that the, the kingdom of heaven is not meat nor drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So if we're in Christ and we're walking in the Spirit, that we are going to not only experience the kingdom of God upon the earth as it is in heaven, but we're also going to experience the fruits of the Holy Spirit and we're going to be able to manifest the kingdom itself everywhere we go in our relationships, in our friendships, in acquaintances, at our jobs, at our businesses, and through our daily lives. Now remember, all of the fruit work together. So you're not going to be able to produce patience if you don't have love. You're, you're not going to be patient with people if you don't have joy, and so on and so forth. They all overlap one another because they're all part of the vine. And so in Galatians chapter 5, we're going to jump right in here today just because I've got a lot to cover, comparatively speaking, to the last few broadcasts. 
In Galatians chapter 5, I'm not going to go through the fruit of the flesh this time. I'm not going to go through the acts of the sinful nature. We've done that over the last four episodes. And so if you've not listened to those, it's very important in, in, to be comparative between the fruit of the spirit and the fruit of the flesh. But Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 says this, But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, and here's the new one, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things there are no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Now, he makes the statement about having crucified the sinful nature. What does that mean? It means that the sinful nature has been put under the subjection of the Spirit. So previously, and Paul actually explains this in Ephesians chapter 2, he's helping them to understand the differentiation between uh, parsing out what it was like when they were living for themselves as enemies of God, as natural children of the devil. Before they became, got born again, they were by nature, by nature, fallen man is an enemy of God. But when Jesus came and gave us life and life more abundantly, we became brand new creations. We became children of God. In fact, what John says is that those who believe upon him and call upon his name, they shall be called, they shall be given the right to be called the children of God. And in Romans chapter 8, it makes it very clear that only those who walk by the Spirit, who live in the Spirit, these are the children of God. So not everybody's a child of God. And the scriptures make that so blatantly, blatantly clear. But the fruit today that we're going to talk about is kindness, kindness. And depending on your translation, whether it's a King James or an ESV or NIV or maybe an MEV, depending on your translation, that word right there may actually be translated as meekness. And so we're going to use kindness and meekness interchangeably here just because the way that different people have translated it. But nevertheless, the Greek word here is krestotes, krestotes. And this Greek word can be translated, again, both meekness or kindness. And I want to share with you a little bit about this word and how it's used not only throughout the scriptures, but also how we see this play out in the life of a a believer and what that fruit looks like. And and before we actually jump into this a little bit more when it comes to, to meekness, we must be careful not to confuse meekness with weakness or kindness with weakness. It's, it's not the same. You don't have to be weak in order to be kind. You don't have to be weak in order to be meek. In reality, the concept of meekness and the concept of kindness is power under control. It means that we've, we can conduct ourselves a specific way regardless of what's happening around us. So I want to read some of these definitions for you here. Meekness. It is a grace of the soul towards God. In other words, we have the ability to reject the Lord. We have the ability to, if we hear his voice, we can harden our hearts. If we, if we hear the Lord ask us to do something, we can, we can say no. And, and, and the reality of that is that that is not the kind of meekness that the Lord is calling us to have. That is not the kind of grace towards the Lord that he's asking us to have. This kind of meekness here, it means a submissiveness that is teachable by God and by his word. 
We see this in Moses as Moses turns to the burning bush and gets directive. And then Moses starts to have this dialogue with the Lord and eventually gets his brother Aaron and some other people to assist him and ends up going to Egypt and obeying what the Lord instructed him to do, although he could have stayed in hiding and he could have stayed tending the flocks and he could have stayed running from his issues that he encountered in Egypt where he killed the Egyptian. But instead, Moses submits himself to the Lord to accomplish God's will upon the earth. That is this form of meekness that we're talking about. It is a power that is under control and it is directed in a way that produces the kind of fruit that the kingdom, that that heaven itself would want upon the earth. So number four here, number four here is a submissiveness of heart. Excuse me, that's number three. Number three is a a submissiveness or a, a humbleness of heart. Now, being humble is a whole nother conversation, and I, I, I really enjoy, I'm not sure where I got this definition from, I think I heard it many years ago, but humility is not thinking less of yourself, but humility is thinking of yourself less. So humility is not thinking less of yourself, that's actually false humility, but real humility is thinking of yourself less, right? So even in the New Testament, we see this, this very same mindset. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. But also we see that God gives grace to the humble and that we're to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And we're supposed to have the mind of Christ and think on things above, not on the earth below. What does that mean? It means that we are humbling ourselves into what God says is right, what God says is good for us, what God says is correct for us. We're not kicking against the goads. We're not pushing back against the Lord, but rather we're allowing his word, we're allowing his voice, we're allowing his spirit to tell us and to help us to come into the things that God has for us as we obey, submit, and we keep his commandments, right? Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, my instructions. He's talking about, look, these are the things I've laid out for you guys to walk in. And if you'll walk in these things, we're not talking about law. We're talking about the law of love, to love one another, to love your brother, to lay down your life for for somebody near you, next to you, around you, to submit yourself to God, to resist the devil, and he will flee. You, You are submitting yourself, humility, you're submitting yourself to the Lord and to his desires and what he wants for your life. Now we'll get to number four. The act of avoiding unnecessary harshness yet without compromise, right? So the act of avoiding unnecessary harshness yet without compromise. Humility, this is a humility and a denial of self when dealing with others. It's a humility and denying of self when dealing with others. Listen, we are in a world where there's going to be a lot of people around us. There's going to be a world that we live in a world where we're constantly engaging and interacting with other human beings. And listen, a good portion of those human beings are going to be fallen. And they don't know what they're doing. They don't understand half the time why they're persecuting. They don't understand half the time why they're frustrated. They they don't get the fact that they're living for themselves and living for their flesh and when they cut you off in traffic or 
you know, when somebody, you know, tells you that you're number one, you know, driving down the road, you know, they're fallen. They don't know. They don't have the love of God shed abroad in their hearts. And so we have to have meekness and kindness that says, yes, I am a child of God. Yes, I do have the spirit of God. And it's kind of like you think about the disciples. You know, Jesus was rejected in a village and the disciples said, hey, you want us to call down fire? like Elijah, and, and essentially destroy all these people. And Jesus is like, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't know what spirit that you're functioning in, guys. That's not what we're doing here. We're not calling down fire. That is the exact opposite of meekness, the exact opposite of kindness. In fact, meekness in and of itself means I have the ability to call down fire. <laughs> you notice Jesus never corrected him and said, well, hey, guys, you can't call down fire. You know, Jesus never actually stated, like, you can't do this. He just said, you shouldn't do this because that's not what we are doing. That's not who we are as believers. So meekness is power under control for the benefit of others around you. In fact, let's look at Numbers. Uh, Numbers chapter 12 verse 3 says this, that Moses was the weak, was the meekest of all men upon the earth in his day. Think of this. Moses was the meekest of all men upon the earth in his day. And yet we read that Moses killed a man. We read that Moses argued with God. We read that Moses actually broke the command, broke the, ta- the tablets when he came down the mountain and he saw the golden calf. I mean, Moses did some things, man. Moses, it seems like Moses really, you know, had, had some issues. But the reality of it was, is that he, he was able to come to a place where he humbled himself to the will of God. He met God on the mountain. He brought the Israelites out as he was instructed. However, however, he did get to a place where he did miss it. When he struck the rock, and he, and he, he basically, you know, he's yelling at the rock and striking the rock and doing what he did. When God didn't, God didn't say, God didn't say strike the rock. He said, just speak to it. But instead, he struck the rock. And he stepped out of grace He stepped out of humility. He stepped out of obedience and submissiveness to the Lord. And it actually cost him his inheritance of entering into the promised land. And friends, we don't want to do that. We don't want to miss the inheritance of the saints, as Ephesians calls it. We don't want to miss the kingdom of God because we step out of grace and we speak out of anger and we speak out of frustration. We don't want to do that. We want to stay meek and realizing that, yes, we have the power to say things that are not as though they are. And we do have the ability to speak into a situation and change an atmosphere. And we do have rights, especially if you're listening to this and you're in America, you know, we have rights, but it doesn't mean that our rights give us the right to step outside of what God is asking and calling us to do and to be as representatives and Christ-like ones upon the earth. I want to read a few scriptures to you in order to, to bring this point home a little bit. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2 as far as the life of Christ is concerned and see what Jesus himself, Yeshua, did. Here in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 8, it says this. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself taking up himself the form of a servant 
and was made in the likeness of man. And being found in the form of sinful man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Listen to what he's saying here. Meekness is God having all power, all authority, all ability, yet he submit himself, became in the likeness of a human being. Now, Jesus didn't have sin, but yet he came in the form, if you will, of a sinful man. But he wasn't sinful, and he didn't commit sin. I want to make sure I clarify this. I'm simply stating that he took on flesh. He took on the human nature. He took on the human attributes and characteristics. He slept. He ate. He went to the bathroom. He needed rest, just like everybody else did. He had the same amount of days per week as we had. He had the same sunrise, the same sunset, <laughs> you know, he, all the same things that he had to, in, that we have to engage. He engaged as God and man and yet submit himself to the will of the father. This, my friend, is meekness. You can take up the abilities to do something supernatural, but that doesn't mean that you're functioning in the will of God. In fact, Jesus makes the statement in Matthew chapter 7, verse 20 to 22, that there's going to be many people at his return that say, Lord, Lord, didn't we perform all these miracles, signs, and wonders in your name? But he said, I'm, I'm actually, get you away from me, away from me, you workers of iniquity, because I have never known you. And he makes that statement, you workers of iniquity. In other words, the lifestyle that they led, although they were functioning in supernatural giftings, even though that they, they had Jesus on their lips, but the lifestyle that they led was so contrary to the kingdom of God that Jesus said that they were in iniquity and actually didn't even have intimate relationship with him, even though they had his name on his lips. I don't want to be that person. I want to function in the fruit of the spirit and manifest Jesus more than anything else in my life. I want to see God glorified upon the earth and I want to be in relationship with the Lord and remain in right relationship and remain in his love. And Jesus sets us the example of coming down off the throne, becoming a, a man, even unto the point of death, death by his own creation, and yet didn't veer from the mission that God gave him. My friends, that is what meekness and kindness, it is the goodness of God, the kindness of God, the meekness of God that leads men unto repentance. Let's read another passage here, because we, we really should... We really should dive into this a little bit, especially concerning the church and how we engage one another. Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 6 says this, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord exhort you. Now this word exhort means to beg. Paul says, I beg you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all humility meekness and patience, bearing with one another in love. Be eager to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Listen to what he's saying, the unity of the Spirit. Now, many people teach this as Paul is trying to say, listen, you guys just all need to get along, you need to be in unity. But I believe that Paul is actually speaking on a more granular level and he's expressing to them to keep the unity of the spirit meaning all of the fruit of the spirit continually in action at all times in other words make sure that you don't parse out the fruit of the spirit like well you know today i'm going to have some patience but i'm not really going to love anybody 
You know, today I'm, I'm going to have, I'm, today I'm going to be joyful, but I'm, but I'm not going to be meek. I'm going to, I'm going to force myself, I'm going to force my joy on everybody else, you know. And, and you're parsing out, you're breaking up the unity of the spirit. And I, I, I tell you this, and the reason why I say this is because he mentions here, right, in, in verse 2, he mentions parts of the fruit of the spirit, humility, meekness, patience, love. Those, those are things we've already discussed right here in the beginning on the first four episodes. And then he goes into meekness and the unity of the spirit. What? In the bond of peace. And peace is a fruit of the spirit. So you have humility, meekness, patience, love, peace. That's five out of the nine fruit of the spirit right there. And so he says, there is one body and one spirit even as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father and all, who is above all and through all and in you all. What is he saying? He's talking about the Spirit of God being inside of you, functioning through you, and this is how you're going to be able to engage one another in a way that is going to build up and edify the body of Christ. That as you keep all of the fruit of the Spirit clustered together, not segregated, not parsed out into different compartments, but fully alive 24-7, you will be in unity with other people and you will be in unity with your brothers and sisters. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to read a few more passages here to you and we'll wrap up. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14 says this, So embrace as God's elect, holy and beloved, a spirit of mercy Kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and all suffering. Bear with one another and forgive one another. If anyone has a quarrel against you, even as Christ forgave, so you must do. And above all these things, embrace love, which is the bond of perfection. Again, what does he do there? He lays out the fruit of the Spirit again. He lays out and he tells you all of these are glued together by love. Faith works through love. And so all of the cluster of the fruit of the Spirit are all functioning out of love. What? What did Paul say? These three things remain faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So if you're functioning and you're flowing in love, all of the other fruit will manifest. If, you, if those fruit aren't manifesting and you're calling it love, you're deceiving yourself and you're a liar. Ooh. Yeah, I said that. You're deceiving yourself and you're lying to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit says these are the attributes of love. So we must submit ourselves. We must become humble and we must become meek and we must surrender. What did we say that definition was? Is a humbleness of heart towards the Lord. It, it, it is grace of the soul towards God. It is a humility that thinks of others before it thinks of itself. So if we really say that we're thinking about love and we're really functioning in love, then we will have all the fruit of the Spirit completely manifesting in our lives. James chapter 1, verse 21 to 25. Let's take another look at another passage here. <clears throat> Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and remaining wickedness and receive with meekness meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. So he's saying, listen, 
in the Holy Spirit, in the fruit of the Spirit, in meekness, right? If you're functioning in the fruit of the Spirit, you are going to, if, listen, this is so important. If you are truly living and functioning in the fruit of the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, you will be a person who will receive the Word of God. So if somebody comes to you with a correction word or somebody comes to you with, with the Word of God and they just say, hey, brother, listen, this is what's going on and this is what I'm seeing in your life, you know, they've cleaned out the plank from their own eye. They're not trying to be judgmental. They're actually trying to build you up. But you reject the word of God and you reject the, the love of your brother to come to you and help you to build up in your faith. He says, no, that's not the fruit of the spirit. That is the work of the flesh. And he says, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and remaining wickedness and receive with meekness the engrafted Word, which is able to save your souls, your mind, your will, and your emotion to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He says in verse 22, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Right? That's why I felt bold enough to say that you're deceived if you're, if you're, if you're not receiving the word. Because he says it here. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man viewing his natural, normal face in a mirror. He views himself and goes his way and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. But whoever looks at the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man will be blessed in all he does. You hear that? So if we're meek towards the word of God and we're meek towards our family in Christ and we're allowed to, uh, excuse me, I shouldn't say we allow other people to, to speak into our lives and help us, then we're showing meekness, just like Moses, just like Jesus, who Jesus took on disciples to do his work. Talk about being meek. God came down, partnered with man and said, hey, I want, I want to work with you. God doesn't, listen, God is God. God is God. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's all powerful. God can do as he pleases. The scripture says very clearly, God God does as he pleases. He can do as he pleases. And yet he chose in, in love and humility to work with man, to make disciples, to have disciples, to have people that would do his work upon the earth. Talk about humility. Talk about love. Talk about friendship and partnership. And if that's the way God works with us, is that not the way that we should work with one another? James chapter 3 says this who is wise and understanding among you let him show it by his works his good life in meekness of wisdom meekness of wisdom meaning who is wise the person who knows how to carry all these things and yet be humble the pe person who knows how to express even the deep mysteries and the truths of God's word, but yet has a gentleness and a humility upon their life, a meekness, knowing that they have all this power and this ability, but not flaunting it in front of everybody else or even using it to promote themselves, which is another issue that we have in the body of Christ today. This self-promotion mentality, this, you know, brand, branded Christianity and these catchphrase Christians, you know, in reality, it says that, you know, Jesus would heal somebody and then he would say, don't tell anyone. Don't go you know, preach this abroad. You know, even his family came to him and said, you know, nobody who does these things and wants to be known does these things in secret, but openly. 
and and Jesus didn't and, and so Jesus didn't go to the feast because they were trying to antagonize him and saying, "Oh, you just you just want to be popular. You just want to be known. You you just want people to to, to follow you and to to do what you say." And Jesus is like, "No, that's not what I'm here for. I I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many." And that's what James is communicating here in 313, who is wise and understanding among you, let him show his works by his good life in meekness of wisdom. But if you have a bitter envying and strife in your hearts, do not boast and do not lie against the truth. This kind of wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, unspiritual and demonic. For where there is envy and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. That is so important for us to grasp. Now, if you're in a situation where you need to extend mercy or grace to someone, I want to encourage you now, before you do anything else after listening to this, reach out to that person, reach out to that friend, reach out to that family member, reach out to that individual and extend grace, extend mercy, extend forgiveness. So in peace, humble yourself before the Lord. Be kind and realize even if you were right, even if you knew the right thing and some, somebody else did the wrong thing, even if that is the case, it's so important for us to extend love, extend peace, extend righteousness, extend mercy and be merciful, be merciful and to love and to come to a place where we walk in a meekness that says, I could do this, and I could embarrass you, and I, I, I could put you on trial, but I'm not going to. In fact, I'm just going to lay down my life for you, which is what Jesus did. I remember a time where someone did me very wrong, very, very wrong, publicly, and even physically abused me in front of a bunch of people. And by physically abused, I mean... They got physically violent with me and actually caused my hand to go through a metal rod in, in, a, in a storefront. I was a brand new believer. Um, my old lifestyle was not one of grace and truth. You know, I got saved when I was 26 as a drug addict and an alcoholic. And I did a lot of people wrong. You know, I did a lot of wrong things. And God radically changed my life. But about a year after that, maybe a year and a half later, after I got saved, my life was totally transformed. But I ran into somebody um, that, that I had done some things and I, I really shouldn't have before I was saved. And this person rose up in anger and physically assaulted me in a store. And this person was a business owner and this person actually had a, a lot of money. And I could have sued this individual because this was an event for his business because we were all in a very similar business and he was a vendor there and I was a vendor there. And, and I could have sued this individual for, for hundreds of thousands of dollars, I could have sued his company, and I could have come out of that very, very wealthy. And I remember the Lord saying to me, son, I mean, I'm, year, I'm a year, year and a half old in the Lord. I mean, I'm brand new, 
and I'm, I'm wrestling with this. And I remember the Lord saying to me, son, you have to forgive him. Do not take him to court. Do not sue him. Do, do not, do not treat others that way. Treat them how you'd want to be treated. Think about this. He doesn't know the Lord. He doesn't know Jesus like you do. Now, if somebody, if you would have done that to somebody, which again, before I was born again, I, I did get in fights. You know, if somebody, if you did that to somebody before you knew the Lord, would you want to be sued? You know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And I said, I said, I said, Lord, I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to sue this guy. I'm not going to do that. Although I could have, right? Guess what? I had the upper hand. I had the power. I had the right, the ability, and the authority to sue this man. But meekness is power under control. And instead, I wrote him a letter, forgiving him, telling him about the transformation of my life, telling him the gospel, and sharing with him why, why I wasn't going to sue him. And told him, I could sue you, but I'm not going to because of Jesus. And I encouraged him to give his life to Christ. Now, we've not had any conversations since then. And that was, goodness, 12, 11, 12, maybe thir close to 13 years ago, 12 years ago, tw about 12, 11, 12 years ago. But that's what I'm saying is, is we need to extend mercy. We need to extend grace. And we need to walk in meekness. And rather than avenging ourselves. So, my friends, I bless you. I hope that this has encouraged you. I hope that my testimony and my, my story uh, of what I just shared with you speaks to your heart and causes you to have grace and forgiveness towards other people. And so I bless you. I thank you so much. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for releasing meekness and gentleness and kindness and patience and love to the family of God, that joy would rise up, that though weeping may endure for an evening, joy would come in the morning, that this would be your morning, your awakening to righteousness. And so I just ask you right now in Jesus' name, Father, that you would extend right now a tangible presence to whoever is listening to this, that they would experience your love wrapped around them tangibly, and it would cause them, it would cause them to experience such a gentleness of your heart that they would not only forgive others, but they would forgive themselves and come to a place of peace and righteousness and fruit of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, I bless you, my friends. Stay with me for just a moment here. I have something that uh, I'd like for you to listen to just so that you can connect with us and, and you can um, really hear my heart and uh, share with us testimonies from this series and from anything else you may have listened to uh, here at Fruit of the Vine Ministries. So I bless you guys. Thank you. Shalom. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast today. Hey, I wanted to just connect with you, share with you some other ways that you can be encouraged in your faith in Christ Jesus through Fruit of the Vine Ministries. You can visit our website at fruitofthevineministries.wix.com forward slash fruit of the vine. We have our statement of faith on there. There's a lot of encouraging books, literature, things that you can get your hands on. There's, there's some good meat in there for you to be continually encouraged in. You can also contact us by sending us an email through Fruit of the Vine Ministries at gmail.com, right here in the form on the website. Also, you can connect with us on Facebook at Fruit of the Vine Ministries Ohio. So if you go on Facebook, it's Fruit of the Vine Ministries Ohio. You'll find the Fruit of the Vine Ministries logo. And from there, just like the page and you'll get encouraging scriptures. You'll get encouraging memes, things that you can share with your friends to say, hey, listen, I 
follow Yeshua, Jesus. I want to give you another opportunity that some people take to take advantage of. Our P.O. box, you can write us a letter. You can let us know how you've been encouraged and strengthened in your face. And if you feel led by the Holy Spirit, you can also send a check and you can help us and support financially what Father is doing here. It's P.O. Box 222, Louisville, Ohio, 44641. And you can make that out to John Davison. There's also a link to, to give on our uh, website as well. Podcasts are available as well through podbean.com. Go to Fruit of the Vine Ministries on podbean.com. Just click the subscribe and follow, and you can follow some of the latest podcasts. Sometimes they're long, sometimes they're short, sometimes they're just very short, encouraging messages. And I just wanted to give you an outlet so that you can, hey, listen, if God moves on you and you want more, if you want more of Jesus, we want to give you every ounce of grace that God has given to us. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely given. We want to encourage the church to walk in power, strength, holiness, righteousness, completely covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, walking as normal Christians in the supernatural and seeing friends, neighbors, loved ones, co-workers coming to faith, salvation knowledge in Yeshua HaMashiach. So thank you very much for spending your time with us today. And God bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Shalom.